what are we looking at right now? Just don't think. Cold open. No one knows you. No one knows anything about this. What is this thing right now that is that is confronting the viewer who knows nothing about what they're about to see? So this is a, uh, a photograph that I took of a sculpture that I made out of uh, aluminum and powder coat uh, of a uh, attribute of a crypto punk. So this is in this episode we talked to sculpturist Mark Grafie. We discussed crypto punks, crypto punk attributes. We discussed Bitcoin punks, ordinals. We discussed time as a concept in general, <laughs> longevity of, of blockchain and of sculptures. And uh, we had a, a very nice time. Yeah, my name is Mark Rafey and I love Web3. And this is this is what I'm doing and I hope you guys enjoy it. That was amazing. Perfect. Are you Natural. kidding me? One take. This is the pipe attribute. Um, and it's a uh, it's, it's it's in a setting that I just kind of found nice. It was uh, on loan over over Christmas. I took a photo, got a lot of engagement for it. Um, I had been planning to make an NFT about this uh, this pipe, um, maybe more on the nose of, uh, of like CC Nippon pipe, uh, but uh, I decided to do something a little bit more, uh, more more to my taste. So what's kind of going on in the photograph in general is um, there's a lot of different art forms um, from from older technique to obviously the most modern, which which would be mine. Um, and yeah, there, there's just a lot of interplay. And if you can see in the in the in the by the left vase on the left is actually the very first piece of sculpture that that I made when I was a kid that uh, that survived. It's a little wire man. So it's, it goes from oh. kind of my beginning to where I am now to uh, to bowl to to basically bear in death to uh, mm. traditional art and encyclopedias to kind of uh, to, to modern art. And if you zoom in on the, uh, on the light, you can actually see that the pipe is propped up by, uh, by a couple books, but it's the, uh, the history of art. So there's a little, uh, there's a tiny allusion to that as well. I'm not sure if, uh, if the picture that you have is gonna be high res enough to, uh, to see it, but, but it's there. There's the wire guy. First of all, this is an amazing move because I'm sort of like looking at a picture like, all right, I can see there's a skull, but like, it's like, there's some, there's some even elements of the composition that are impossible to really see if you're, so I love that. And, um, and then this, I can't see. So this is like out of reach uh, uh, for me, but yeah, overall, when I look at this, I'm just very taken with, and we, you know, are obviously a pretty big, like, you know, you can see the default punks in the background. So easy for us to seize on the pipe, but I think the composition of the photo uh, is also beautiful and even more so when you describe it. I can't help but notice the skull, you know, which to me, you know, you, you mentioned it's about, it's a time-focused narrative about your uh, life, but also just, you know, time in general. But then you have this skull, which makes quite a strong statement about, well, I don't know, what, what why the skull? It's kind of disconcerting to me. I mean, it's um, it's beginning to end, right? So it's the, the whole thing. If if you kind of follow the line from from the first sculpture through my sculpture to to the skull, it's uh, it's linear also. So it's just you know everyone. There's nothing to be afraid of about skulls. Everyone dies, and that's okay. Still don't get it. That's where we're going. Oh my goodness! It also reminds <laughs> me of a sort of, uh, and this is something Pib taught me, a sort of vanitas type composition, which is um, you know basically. Uh, when you have a uh, a still life, but there's a skull in it, is this was this part of the um, you know like here's here's one. Where was this style of um, stuff? 
Yeah, I mean, there's there, there's it's, they're they're icons. It's imagery, um, and it's uh, it's kind of difficult to always open up and explain exactly what everything means about about your artwork because at that point, then sometimes it almost dies on the vine. Mm -hmm. So it, it's usually best to kind of let people to to stumble through it. Um, but it, there's a little bit more there than meets the eye. I mean, even even to the the, the glass vase, the, the crystal vase, which um, is permanent yet always moving. Hmm. So there's. It's a uh, left and middle shelf. Oh, nice. Very cool. Yeah, no, I, I, I appreciate that. And I'm a uh, obsessive where for me, it's always just like more and more and more. It always makes me want, we want more, which is why it's so great to have you on this pod. I'm going to push. I want more. Dove wants less. Piv is Rembrandt. <laughs> Welcome to the Capsule 21 podcast. This is a podcast about art, technology, and in particular, the achievement of true immortality through the Ethereum blockchain, the best way to to do that. Or is it? But we grapple with that with that question, and um, you know we're, we're joined by an amazing guest today, uh, Mark Raffe, who Piv met in Paris. So very kind of beautiful romantic meeting surrounding NFT Paris, but someone who has his roots uh, in America and it has gone global and more ways than one is featured now uh, at the LACMA for his amazing physical manifestations of. Uh, punk attributes, but also the uh, serious topics of, uh, you know, basically, you know, the juxtaposition of pop art and, and death is essentially when I when I look at this with when I look at this image, my co-hosts are Piv and Dovetail, who also uh, have opinions about immortality and 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 death, and um, <laughs> this is going to be an amazing conversation. We got the uh, the screen here. We're going to be pulling up art. We're talking punks. We're talking sculpture. And we're talking immortality because I want to achieve it. You know, something people say, which drives me crazy, is people say, well, there's one thing you can be sure of. You're going to die. And I always say, really? You can be sure of that? Like 100% certain? My position is there's nothing you can be sure of. How are you feeling today, Dove? I can you be sure you're going to die? I am sure I'm going to die, and I am having an existential crisis about it. Is that a good opening? Right now? <laughs> There's no time for that. We're on a podcast. Moment, right, right now, I'm, I'm going through it. And Piv, can you be certain of anything? Um, well, is, isn't, isn't it debt and taxes that you're sure of? So yeah. you're only sure of taxes. Exactly. That's, yeah, except uh, taxes, I don't know anymore. It's, uh, how many of the DGENs out here are... Uh, yeah, I, <laughs> I get you eventually. Well, Piv lives in a. Um, I'm not going to dox him in terms. Of, I'm not going to welfare state dox him, but you know, I'm sure the welfare state where he is requires even more taxes. That's at right. least the stereotype. I actually don't know if that's if that's true, but I, I agree. If you that's make good. money ETH, you should sell some of the ETH because you are going to be taxed on the value of the ETH at the time that you got it. So if you hold the ETH, and the ETH goes down. Well, anyway, I don't have to. I listen to a tax uh yeah. we, we too often go down a tax rabbit hole in these pods <laughs> no it's, let's not yeah yeah please please no okay so let's get let's get back into it and 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 maybe talk about something a little bit more uh not just because it's like related to like the recent lachman news but also because it's just like more i mean it's a zombie so it's dead again but to me in this photo there's no skull in it right so already i'm feeling like a little more uh sense of relief and this to me just, you know, and obviously this is like your most, I, this is your most recent work or no? Tell, tell, place this work in, 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 your, in your timeline. So um, in, in the timeline, uh, there was the Passion Project, which is the Arn side. And 
that was the first sculpture, which I had number sculpture zero. Um, after I completed that one, I received 10 commissions within a week. And Cosimo is actually the first commission. So the first in the series. So this is the, the very first sculpture. And uh, you know, the, the photograph of it was actually, uh, it was kind of, uh, I had to find a studio because Cosmo needed a high quality shot of it. So I, I had a archival shot taken of the CryptoPunk to submit to, to LACMA at the end of last year uh, to see if they would be interested in accepting it with the, with the other digital art that, uh, that they're planning on accepting. And yeah, I, guess, I guess they liked it because it's, it's uh, now in the permanent collection of LACMA. I think it's, I think it's quite, and so this is digital art? Um, this is a physical sculpture of, uh, of Cosmo and it's made out of aluminum cubes that are individually powder coated and then assembled together with a, a network of uh, threaded rods and, and bolts and, and things of that nature. So uh, on the outside, all you see is kind of, uh, you know, perfect pixels, uh, but even inside it's just, it's, uh, there's a lot going on. It's a mess in there. Very cool. And so, but I, I was just saying that like, um, when I said, I, I realized this is a sculpture, but you mentioned it was sort of accepted to LACMA as part of like a, it's it's seen as sort of like a, or it, it, it's going to be exhibited as a companion to the sort of digital art or I, I, well, where does this fit into the um, the broader move they, they made here? So they, they accepted, I think, 22 digital works, but they also accepted um, some physical works, including this, uh, this sculpture. So they have this sculpture uh, in their possession. I'm not sure necessarily how they're going to be displaying anything. I know that in the donation, um, there were no um, no strings for uh, anything being on permanent display. Um, I mean, at the very least, obviously, they're going to have an, an uh, exhibition. So uh, the date on that is to be determined, uh, but I'm sure there's a lot of work for them to do with uh, with getting the right screens, getting the right lighting, you know, having having yeah. various types of objects between being uh, you know digital and some physical, and there's also some photographs and some other things that that went along with that. Um, you know, you can't necessarily display um, the physical piece next to to digital work because it requires different lighting and you know, right. everything else. It's way more complicated than people think it is. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. So I, I mean, I don't. Very exciting. It, it is. So I mean, I don't. I don't anticipate them being ready for for a show for several months. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm just uh, just kind of waiting in the wings. So when we're thinking about, because I think as a punk lover, I think there is just something and. Um, you know, there. You know, this is true of 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 all your uh, work. You know, putting this up is sort of a, um, you know, more you know, kind of dramatic and beautiful like setting. Maybe than that one for the photo, but like, there's just something that's like very satisfying to me about looking at this, where you see the blocks, where you see the real world kind of simplified and tamed into the pixel grid. Because it's one thing to tame an image into the pixel grid that's just like in Photoshop or wherever it is, Illustrator for the true artist around it. But to tame, you know, the real world and to make the pixel grid line up like this and look clean, even though there's chaos uh, beyond it, that's what I, when I look at this, that's that's why it feels kind of satisfying to me. Like finally someone said, okay, I'm going to bring you the order that you uh, desire. You know, it's clean. And yet very dirty, as you mentioned, not dirty, but very complicated behind the Behind the scenes, what is the weight of one of these blocks? Um, the the weight of the individual blocks is somewhere like a, a pound or so for a um, oh, for wow. a solid cube. The uh, so I use both solid and uh, and hollow extrusions, and then I machine them down to uh, uh, to perfect size. So the, actually, the first 
uh, set of sculptures, including Cosmos, um, you'll see a lot more imperfections in it because uh, it was uh, cut aluminum and I was trying to figure out how to, to manage this process and, uh, and get these pieces out. And then after the first set of sculptures, I decided I wanted to, uh, to really up the quality and, and went to machine squaring it. So you, you can, if you look closely at the, the photo you can, uh, of, uh, of Cosmo, you can kind of see some unevenness um, in, the, uh, in the pixel grid. Whereas in the, uh, my more modern uh, uh, sculptures, it's everything's just like perfectly clean. Have, you, have yeah. you considered using tungsten? This is kind of I a have. crypto meme. Yeah, I have actually. I priced out a, um, a full-sized uh, punk in, in tungsten just for fun. So yeah. I was uh, talking to, I think it's like Midwest. It, it, I can't remember the name exactly, but it's Midwest something. They're, they're the people who have been supplying all the, uh, the tungsten cubes. Uh, but the cost is somewhere around $120,000 in material. I, th I think if I can pitch an idea, one tungsten cube powder coated powder coated in brown and that's the mole so it's just one <laughs> it only requires one Maybe well if you're looking for a tungsten head. cube <laughs> oh wow Boom. i didn't know you had that <laughs> quite heavy yeah that's the thing wow. and this was part of my like getting into crypto starter thing when i when i uh, last year uh decided to go you know lose my uh, lose my mind um <laughs> unlike a lot of the nfts that i bought then this at least i think has some residual value it's quite heavy but you need to paint it brown and then you have the mole well it's not just iron. that <laughs> simple it's a lot harder than people think it is actually because let me ask this question actually you know this dove maybe maybe we should put some of your art up dove has done, done some physicals and what dove always says to me and what makes sense to me and also just looking at this color right is a challenge because the crypto punks have very defined colors there's 24 by 24 pixels so there's not that many colors the most famous crypto punk has four the most colors of a famous CryptoPunk is 14 colors on one CryptoPunk, right? Mm -hmm. So not that hard to just, but then in reality, you can't, how, how do you think about, about color when it comes to fidelity to the original or just in general kind of creating the, the effect that you, that you want, given that, you know, you can't, you sort of with the squares at least know how many pixels the cigarette is. So you can kind of use that many squares, cubes, but you can't necessarily do the same with color. Or, uh, I don't know, can you? Hex, hex code to paint it is not one-to-one. Uh, -one. Yeah, and, and then actually when you, when you talk about powder coating, it's RAL. Um, so there's uh, a ton of commercially available uh, colors, but some may not always be perfect. So actually I struggled with the, uh, the highlight on, um, on, on Cosmo. It's, it's a little bit lighter than I would like. The forehead actually, shine? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this was, um, I actually powder coated, uh, I, I'd finished Cosmo uh, well over a year ago and I didn't like the, the color. It was too dark. His skin was too dark green. So uh, I actually ended up taking it all apart, repowder coating it uh, to get a better skin tone and putting it back together. I mean, I try to match as, as closely as possible. Um, and then also, you, you know, what are you matching off of? Uh, we all display these on screens. And uh, my laptop shows a very different color than my cell phone or my monitor. Yep. Uh, so kind of the, the tack that I, I went to is I feel like most, most people have iPhones these days. So I try to match off of the brightest setting on, uh, on my phone. Smart. Wow. Optically. That's a, I am addicted to when there is just some specific satisfying. I love sat being satisfied. That is a very satisfying answer. In terms of like, all right, well, it's super complicated. It's not a perfect way to do it. But here's what I do. I match the brightest iPhone. And I also love that too, because it sidesteps the, you know, one thing that's nice on an iPhone. I don't know 
people out there with colors and stuff, but like when you take a screenshot on an iPhone, to me it always looks like the thing it is. But when I take a screenshot of my computer, the color profile, some weird stuff is going on. So, um, so I think that is that is amazing. So then you know, I guess in the dream world, you could actually. I mean, not really, because this isn't how life works or whatever, but you could sort of exhibit them together. If you achieved your goal and you were showing an iPhone-esque thing, you would put it next to it and it would look, you know, in conversation with the, with the, in, a, in, the same, in the same world, maybe. Or mm, on planet Earth, you can't, even if you were super fastidious with the colors, you would never actually have it look like that or, you know, could it match an iPhone well, next to it? Well, I think, um, I think you can get pretty close. Uh... You know, for for instance, I'm I'm really interested in making something monumental size, like a 40 foot tall sculpture of a crypto punk put in Miami. Right. Um, mm -hmm. And in an event like that, I think um, if I'm having any difficulty in matching color, um, I'm going to have colors custom made. Um, the only issue with that is that it's expensive, especially if you're doing um, just a one off color for for you know a pixel or two in a in a sculpture, and you also end up with a 50 pound batch, which is more than a lifetime supply. By the way, that raises the question: How big is this uh, Kazoma Medici sculpture? It's uh, it's three and a half feet tall, roughly. Oh, okay. So it's yeah, it's it's bigger than I thought it was, yeah. just from the from the picture. That's cool. Yeah, you know, and I, the pipe I, I is the same thing. I, I always have this desire to like, I just I want to do it as big as possible. Give me the largest canvas I can have, or you know, just make it huge. I mean, part, so, part of the reason why I want to get in, involved in, in public works and, uh, and really large scale is because I know it seems like everyone knows what a CryptoPunk is because the circles that we, uh, we hang out in. Yeah. Um, but the truth is that the vast majority of the population is still not paying any attention. Uh, so by, by making something really monumental um, uh, and as a public work, you're going to have lots of people just double take, like, what is that, mm -hmm. you know? Why would someone make this? Uh, you know, what don't I understand? What's going on here? And then they kind of saunter up. They might uh, see that it's a crypto punk, and I kind of, uh, in my mind, have an idea of it being displayed on a, on a tablet where people can kind of scroll through the history of it and uh, and see the sales prices, and, and that'll blow people's minds absolutely. That this so this image sold for millions of dollars, and and just having those questions and having people walk like just just question what's going on here I, I believe that it's going to take people down a rabbit hole and surely will eventually change someone's life let me so ask by you, making, i was gonna say let me ask you a question you do not own a crypto punk is that correct no um so ever since i <laughs> the, my, none my of us do either we're all ashamed yeah, none, of, of it. none of us none of us do i it's, live in shame my <laughs> question to you is like what is your personal interest in like promulgating the crypto punk image like, why is that? Why is the CryptoPunk so important to you that you want to like make it this public art thing and educate people and make people know about it? Um, I think it's um, it's a symbol of uh, of, of the Web three ethos. Period. Mm -hmm. um, CryptoPunk owners obviously tied up a lot of capital in uh, in the CryptoPunks, mm -hmm. which means that they're uh, not only heavily invested in uh, in cryptocurrency in general. But uh, it's also a statement of um, of their belief in the space. And uh, when I first got into crypto, uh, you know, I looked at these things. You know, what are they? You know, why are they trading for twenty thousand dollars, or why are they trading for or, or whatever it was right. at the time? Maybe it was like seventeen or eighteen thousand dollars. Right. And 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 I didn't get it. But as soon as I started spending a little time in the space, um, I, qu I quickly understood. And when I became interested in uh, in crypto. 
I basically hung out in the uh, in the CryptoPunks chat Discord, in the CryptoPunks Discord for yeah, hours did, did, and hours a day. I, I did a lot of lurking in there. Dub is our resident guy who knows about the Discord. Like, we have not been in there, but Dub has. <laughs> we yeah, beg I, him to know. I think I spent maybe like a month and a half in the Discord before I even said anything, just mm -hmm. reading because, uh, you know, it, it was like the best and brightest minds. And um, this was early in uh, 21. And it, it seemed to be the center of crypto. Like crypto punks seemed to be kingmakers. They were, uh, um, they're builders in the space. Um, they're very intelligent, like on the whole. Um, and uh, it, was, it was a lot to aspire to. Right. It's kind of like the, the pinnacle of Web3 is, is CryptoPunks. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's the roots of it. I mean, to me, and this is why I just think it's so interesting when you talk about the monumental thing, because how to separate, what is, what are we talking about? Like, what is crypto? Because like, if you do something monumental with, and even your sculptures, right? Like these are, you know, you are doing something different to it. Like it's, I don't know, I'm not like an art historian uh, by trade. I know you might think I am, but like pop art, like it's like, there's the Campbell soup can, and then there's the Campbell's soup can in the painting, and those are kind of like different things. And so when we're talking about like a monumental crypto punk, you know, we are treating the crypto punk as your, you know, it's it's part of um, art. It's a component of an art thing versus showing it uh, itself. But then the question being like, is it even possible to look at a crypto punk itself? Because how can you look at that without the context of how much money they sell for? And then you're immediately like, what am I looking at? This doesn't make any sense. And so you immediately get captivated there. So there, it's, it's really, I think, basically impossible to engage with the crypto funk, funk phenomenon without, uh, you know, creating something, you know, somewhat alien uh, in a way. And that's why I think you're, what you're talking about is, um, you know, kind of an extreme version of that in a way. And I think it's really very, very, very cool. And, um, you know, I think for me, I think another thing I'll just say from my personal perspective about the crypto punks that I think is really uh, special which people don't care about now, really, but is that there's 10,000 of them, you know, like what there's 10, you know, just like on the most literal level as a computer man, myself, you look at the crypto punk montage of 100 by 100 crypto punks, you look at that, you say, wow, like this is bigness right here, like bigness, like that's serious. And, 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 and this is something that, you know, Piv really uh, emphasized to me how much the architect Rem Coolhouse was really saying like bigness is an architectural uh, thinking of itself. And so I think that, you know, that was my first taste of, um, you know, never copied it, whatever, but, um, you know, that's, that's, you know, inherent in the project was this bigness. And then you're doing a different style of bigness, which I think is, is, is amazing. But, you know, if you look at computer digital art, uh, you know, it's just like that type of bigness where it's enforced by the blockchain stuff. I think it's, it's, I think it's very cool. And, and, um, you know, I also, and we all sort of join, you know, we're all spreading the punk thing and getting nothing for it. No, we're getting some stuff, but we don't own a punk yet. If you could own a punk, if you could kill someone and take that. No, that's a bad way to say it. If you could own any punk. <laughs> commandeer one. Sorry? If I could commandeer a punk? Yes, yes. For Which would it be? A day. So I, no, yeah. Any, okay. For as long as you want, for your life. Yes. Which punk you could take one? Because, you know. Oh, man. Let's, um, uh, let's go to... Um, uh, let's go to Babylon. All right, sorry, we're not going to try to like make this another thing about Babylon. But um, what's cool about this is we can kind of drill in, and if you know it doesn't exist, we can we can tell you. Uh, so just throw out some attributes that you. Sure. No pressure. This is like what you what, no, what no, breakfast? What eating the attributes for breakfast? Well, I mean to to give some perspective, um, the reason I chose the orange side um, is because I scoured the entire collection, 
uh, when I was starting this, and that's my personal grail. So um, the the orange side with classic shades. However, if I were to commandeer a punk for myself, um, like many others, you'd want to try to choose one in your likeness. So if I were to rock a crypto punk forever, um, I, I, I you know I, you start with jovial, so you got to click off smile, and then uh, I really love shadow beard, which is a uh, an underrepresented. Uh, underappreciated trade but mm -hmm. but it's also because you know i, I always rock a, uh, a short short crop beard um although it got so a little long i was beard. reading through your feed it got a little long but we'll allow it it's fine or didn't it you, you asked like oh i'm gonna get how do i get a trim in paris or something like this maybe that was for your uh, hair yeah. i don't yeah, know it was anyway. well, it's for everything i got everything trimmed. Uh, i should i should have met but like like everything else i show up uh last minute and uh and underprepared but but it all it all worked out and came together so oh, yeah. Uh, so the punk is going to be uh, smile, shadow beard, and it's going to be one of two. It's going to be the one with the uh, the mohawk, which is very punk, and uh, that comes with an earring, which isn't to my style, but uh, but we'll love it just all the same. And then there's also the uh, the cowboy eye patch, smile, shadow beard. So it's oh, between wow. one of those two punks, and the the one of them is available for sale for three hundred ETH. And uh, I'm sure you can get it for less. Come on, in this market. I, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's it's been for sale for a while for 300 ETH, and then the other um, was available, and I actually tried to uh, to get some loans to buy it, and uh, and then OTC bought it, and I said, oh great, well it's going to come on the market again, and then I can't remember the uh, who who bought it now, but they're they're like a vault. They they collect stuff uh, as as part of a collection. So, right, well, so I, I don't think it's going to come uh... off for sale in the chat and um, i'm also going to put this in the thing we made this functionality where you can make a poster so this is like the next best thing to owning a crypto as everyone knows the next best thing to owning a crypto punk is you can own an image of several crypto punks you can write together so as a collage i'm going to hold on to this as um you know one of your ideal uh one of your ideal ones that's great and then and then okay so let's let's go to so where where would you look because I saw Forever Punks retweeted your photo, and he has been a guest of the pod and is a friend of the pod. He has a website. There's Larva Labs. Where do you go when you're looking at a crypto punk? Um, it, it's really it depends if I'm if I'm hunting for something in particular or traits. Um, I'll probably hop on Forever if I'm like just casually looking or looking at punks. It's on the Crypto Punks website. All right, let's jump on Forever. Let's pump Forever a little bit, friend of the pod. And let's just really quickly look up, and then we can plot. So it is a um, cowboy. Did you see a Forever Mebit pop up? I did. Yeah, his brother actually. Yeah, yeah. His young, his younger brother has started an account called uh, Forever Mebits, I, and I, yeah. I like that. I think that's cool. Mebits don't yeah, get enough love. I've been, I've been, no. me, I've been meeb pilled lately. I've been looking at them a lot. Do you have one yet? I don't, but I'm I'm thinking about it. But I I haven't really just been buying NFTs at all lately. I'm I'm scared. Of okay, this is done. Yeah, okay. so I um, I, I did buy a Mebit. So I I um, I'm a big believer. Was I mean Larva Labs sold, but I was a big believer in Larva Labs in general, mm -hmm. and I wanted exposure. Um, so I did buy a Mebit. Um, and it was especially important when they started uh, token gating the conversation with CryptoPunks. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. But you could but, get yeah, in I've, I've it, with I'm the sure meme into the uh, CryptoPunk Discord. At least um, you, you used to, and then they segmented it to uh, Punk's Lounge. And uh, 
but I, I believe it does give you token access to uh, the alpha channel. So there's kind of like the basic channel that's available to anyone, but there's not a lot of meaningful discourse in there. But in the alpha channel, there are a lot of um, a lot of punks to chat in there as well. The punk thing calls it the alpha channel. Like I feel like that's like not very crypto punks alpha, whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, they should be more wholesome. People have been posting alpha in there anyways. Um, and then they were like, you know, there's a lot of people who are brand new to the space who are lurking in here and reading the alpha from the punks chat and using that as trading advice. But a lot of the alpha that was getting shared was not very good or was shaky at best or was maybe kind of being, you know, pushed by the members who knew that there were a lot of newbies looking at it. And so they said, like, let's clean this up a little bit. Let's make it hidden so we're not influencing what newbies are investing in. They they should. They should keep it away from me. I can't be <laughs> I can't be trusted. So switching <laughs> gears for just a moment, we have um we have this, which is a different meme. A different NFT. This is the nouns, the noggles, as they are called. I've been very interested. We did a podcast on nouns. I've been very interested in uh, nouns as to me representing kind of the other option, you know, because you have the, okay, CryptoPunks, you know, that went the way it did. Maybe whatever it's, you know, who knows how that that went from where it started, uh, which was, you know, this identity thing. And nouns is like the other option where it's like, okay, now... Um, you are not buying your little PFP, you're buying something else. You're buying into a broader meme and uh, there's money to promote that meme more directly. So you don't get paid when you make a CryptoPunk sculpture, unless maybe you do, but you know, maybe get paid at the outset. Uh, but with nouns, because it's a DAO that funds building cool stuff, uh, maybe you do. So nouns, what is nouns in your head? Where do you fit it in? And how did these noggles, which look very cool, by the way, how did this fit into your overall meme? Um, so as I mentioned earlier, like uh, part, part of my mission is, um, is to kind of, uh, is, is onboarding, right? It's to, to get people to, to look around the space and try to figure it out for themselves. And, uh, and, and nouns are, uh, are kind of an extension of that. So it, it's another Web3 thing that I'm, I'm happy to, uh, to, to make. So I, I like kind of blurring the line between the physical and digital. Um, and this came about by, uh, Big Shoddy Works actually sent me a message and he said, hey, you should check out uh, uh, the Nouns Prop House, where they're actually giving out uh, grants to, to artists to do anything nounish. And he goes, I think this might be something that, that, uh, that would be a perfect fit for you. So I hopped on there and I submitted a proposal to uh, the Prop House as their very first round. And uh, this is the image that I uh, actually um, submitted in the proposal. So I, I built it to, uh, to go ahead with and, uh, and submit You'd a proposal. You already built it when you did the proposal? Yeah, so ah! it was a slam, it was a slam dunk it. for them. Yeah, I mean, wow. I had, so I, when I, um, th this was after I received the first 10 commissions and I'm working on them and I overordered uh, all the aluminum figuring that I'd like to have some stuff on stock or in stock to, uh, to turn things around faster. Uh, so I just, I just went ahead and made it and uh, submitted the, uh, the proposal. They funded it and then I, I completed it. So I got an ETH to make them. And the, the great thing about the, uh, the, the grants from the nouns, uh, from the prop houses, there are no strings attached. So it's, uh, you have your project, they fund it, and then, you know, you can kind of do, you own it, you do whatever you want with it. So you installed it though, here, or that's just one place. I guess you've, you've taken a lot of your stuff all around uh, the world, but is there the expectation that you'll put it somewhere prominent? 
Or I guess there's no um, strings. That's the whole point. No strings. There, yeah, there were no strings. I'd actually, um, I'd asked if anyone knew of any um, any parks that they had strings in where we could actually install this permanently as a as a uh, public work. But but in the end, um, I took this up to uh, to New York City, a place called Beta Works, uh, and I was. I was going to exhibit a, a CryptoPunk, but I brought this along with me because I wanted to take some photographs of this sculpture in New York City. And um, and John uh, Borth- Borthwick, or, uh, Borthwick, yeah, can't remember I his last name. I know, uh, he, yeah, he uh, he saw them and he's like, actually, we're doing something with the uh, the nouns. Like someone was making like really high end uh, sunglasses. Oh yeah, sorry, I just lost my uh, my Bluetooth, but. Uh, so he's like, actually, just displayed here. And then, as the uh, the show ended, he's like, "How much is it?" So I, I sold them to him. So they're they're currently in BetaWorks right now. Wow! So that's a beautiful thing. You get it, you sell it. That's great. I should go to BetaWorks. And, and it's actually, um, it's actually an, an outdoor sculpture. An altar sculpture. An outdoor, outdoor. I mean, I mean, it's oh, it's yeah, to be put outdoor. Yeah, everything everything that I made, like uh, when I started um, with a concept, uh, everything s- was uh, centered around quality. was a, was on like the five hundred year horizon. Like I want these things to last forever. So I chose aluminum because it's anti corrosive; it doesn't rust. I chose powder coating because it's extremely durable, especially in uh, in all sorts of elements, from you know the hottest place on earth to the coldest place on earth. It'll be fine, um, and it's also UV resistant, so it's uh, very resistant to fading. So every material I chose was with the, uh, the mindset that I want these things to, to be able to live outdoors, um, mm-hmm. you know, indefinitely. That is beautiful. Cause like we like, you know, timelessness at Capsule 21, the name Capsule 21 is a reference to an Andy Warhol thing with his time capsule, time capsule 21. Mm-hmm. There's also the famous, and unfortunately they didn't make it to forever. They were the taxes or one of the ones got them called forever 21. That's a brand. And then there was century 21. So, Time has been an interest of, of, of ours. And, you know, for me, um, when I came to Ethereum, it was always like, wow, like this can't be deleted in an easy way, unlike when you put it on AWS or something. But ultimately, in the end, the digital, you know, good luck. Whereas the physical, like there are still mountains around from a really long time ago. So physical is probably a better way to do it in the end, even though I'm like a programmer guy. And so, you know, I just think that is a fascinating uh, component because you know, you could say, well, a physical sculpture is not so blockchain because mm-hmm. it's like a physical thing. At the same time, uh, it's the ultimate blockchain because it lasts longer than any real blockchain. And that's a huge reason to have the blockchain. Now, maybe, you know, it's not as available as the blockchain. So it's like a physically look at it. Any photo of it could be destroyed, but still pretty good. So tell me a little bit just in more greater depth about that. Like you mentioned 500 years. Let's get really big. If you had, call it, $10 million to make this same noun sculpture. How, what would you do if you wanted to make it last the longest and how long could it last? Like 500 is good, but like $10 million, how long could you go? Or is 500 the limit? I mean, uh, I guess really what you do is you'd, you'd build it and then set up a, um, a trust for the nouns uh, or for the sculpture in order to, uh, to maintain it in the future and just go through, you know, repeating um, uh, conservation acts over and over again so if you want to really make it last forever um that would be the way to do it because invariably like something's going to happen um Mm -hmm. um you know 
a bird's going to fly into it and there'll be like feathers stuck and you have to have someone go up on a crane and, and clean it off. Uh, um, or even that, that can scratch a panel. So if we're talking like really large scale, I think I'd be moving away from, um, moving away from actual blocks and instead using, um, either stainless steel or aluminum sheet, um, powder coating those and kind of affixing them to, uh, to some sort of backing where you lay it in place, like it's a uh, tongue and groove. Groove. Like a like a wood floor, you know how wood floors get put together. Yes. Now I just never knew that name for it. That's a um, kind of like a dovetail. Wow. So you That's would um, almost like okay. It's another type of wood joint. So woodcraft.com yeah. wants to know your location. Nope. So that's fascinating because, yeah, I guess that's the beauty of the blocks is they have just all this complexity when it comes to the little crack and the alignment and everything. So you kind of sacrifice durability. What about like, and I know this probably sounds just incredibly naive and vulgar at the same time, but what about like something like Mount Rushmore, right? Like carved into stone. Could that work? It's not lasting? I guess... They have to clean. They probably have to clean it with a crane. There's, there's this thing that I've been obsessed with for the last like five or longer than five. I learned about it when I was in high school, and I'm 24, 25 now. So, so I, I've known about this for like seven years. It's this thing called the clock of the long now, and it's a clock. Long noun. The nouns got the to long, that too. The long now. N -O -W. Long now. Yeah. Clock of the long now, which is a clock, physical clock that's built to tell the time for the next 10,000 years. So it is built in a way that will withstand weather conditions, will withstand the extinction of humanity, will withstand, you know, solar flares and EMPs and all of these things. Cool. And it's this giant foundation. Like you said, like you have to set up a grant for these kinds of things to make things last such a long time. So yeah, it's it's this giant freaking clock that will accurately keep time for the next uh, ten thousand years, and I think Jeff Bezos has become involved recently in in helping to fund this this project. Yeah, but they didn't actually build it. And here I'm putting it up. He said, "Why build a giant clock?" Question, answer. Well, Just so yeah. people ask this question. Okay, bye. Well, like, you, like you said, like it it does require a lot of freaking money to build things that last such an insanely long time. But this this started in the in the 90s, the idea to do this. And, and, and now in 2023, they still haven't built it yet because the undertaking is, is so monumental. But I, I, so ever since I learned about this, I've been kind of obsessed with this idea of things lasting a really long time. Uh, so it's cool to see people approach that in sculpture and then like learning about on-chain storage of things is very fascinating for me in that way too because... My personal opinion is that your aluminum sculpture will outlast Ethereum. <laughs> you know, like technologies move much faster than physical uh, uh, materials do. So I think I think there's a, a, a strong chance that you know, you, yeah, five hundred years. If Ethereum is around in five hundred years, I'm rich. Right, right. right. That, All exactly, my punk derivatives exactly. are through the moon. So, so I think <laughs> that your sculpture will outlast CryptoPunks. Um, and, I, and I love that idea of things lasting longer than the blockchain because people always talk about how, you know, the blockchain is forever. The blockchain can never go down. It's infinite. It's permanent. But it's, I, mean, I don't know, want to make fun, by the way. I think it's bad to be a hater. But this also, I think, is rather uh, humorous to me. 
The Long Now Foundation is a nonprofit established in 01996. Yeah. Like they added the padding zero. They're planning (laughs) for 10,000 years. That's very, uh, that's very fun. Um, Fascinating. I I really like the idea that you've thought about how to make it last a a long time. That's like something that's personally very, very interesting to me. So um, I just wanted to talk a little bit and I'm I'm not, uh, these thoughts aren't really well, um, they're kind of half-baked. So when you talk about culture lasting longer than Ethereum, yeah, Ethereum may die off. However, um, I believe everything on it's going to be archived. So whatever the next oh, chain yeah. is. So, you know, and for all chains to go down, we're talking about some sort of like um, solar flare that takes out all infrastructure and, uh, and all computing um, in the States. And then we have bigger problems. I so. think it's less serious. <laughs> I think they're just someone's going to make something better, you know? 500 years ago, you couldn't even conceive of Ethereum. So in, in 200 years, there's going to be something, you know, much better to, to, to use. Oh, well, Ethereum is like this ancient technology. You no, know, why would we keep that running? What was gas? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, calling it gas is actually, I'm glad they did that, because now, like, just it's like really normal people can be like, ah, oh, you got to get the gas. Yeah, I know. In 200 years, people are going to be like, you use gas? What is gas? No, I mean, I think Ethereum, I mean, look, don't get me wrong. Like I like started out loving Ethereum and then I went to hating it or whatever and just like whatever. But like the idea behind it, which is a computer system, a database that you don't have to own or that no other person owns, you know, that is um, that is pretty, uh, you know, that's pretty sick because like that's how it is in the physical world. Like you don't, I mean, some people own stuff, but you can find something. You just create the thing. And there's not some administrator who gets to go and, and delete it. I mean, I guess they do actually. The state can just take all your physical stuff. So, mm-hmm. and the state can just kill you. So it's not perfect, but like, yeah, I think the idea behind it, maybe there'll be a better version of it, but the idea behind it kind of came out once and now the idea is here. Um, and I think it's pretty, it's pretty sweet. So, you know, I think um, yeah, at the same time, the archival aspect is challenging for me just because like, if you think about, you know, various like, you know, interaction, this, this thing about the beautiful system is you can put something out there and someone can interact with your contract and um, not just necessarily even read what it is, but then then see, I mean, let me, so other Ethereum things. So like nouns, uh, other NFTs, other things on Ethereum, presumably if you, then no offense, but presumably you don't own a punk, you probably don't own a noun. We don't own nouns either. Okay, it's fine. What, you know, you own a me bit. What, uh, when it comes to Ethereum and, you know, what you want to onboard people into in terms of like, okay, here's actually the magic of this stuff. You know, it's, it's, it's part of the culture is over here is the magic of this stuff, but like that you can't directly access because it's token gated now. Mm-hmm. But how do you kind of bring someone alive to, you know, the, um, like, yeah, just what, what are some cool projects or cool things within Ethereum that you think? Um, you know, just br- bring it, bring it alive to to you, to someone that you were, you know, bringing on to into the game or other cool things. It, it's it's less about the projects and what what cryptocurrency is inherently, right? So, um, it's about uh, self custody. It's uh, you you completely have you have complete control of your own assets. Um, it's permissionless, so you can send um, anything you want anywhere in the world in an instant or near, near an instant uh, without any, uh, any gatekeepers in between. Uh, you can't have, um, you know, you're, you're free from, uh, from uh, tyranny of government or any other tyranny. It's, uh, 
you know, if you believe in those things, you know, crypto is going to stay, you know, whether it's Ethereum or Bitcoin or whatever comes next, whatever better tech comes, um, you know, that, that, that's the magic. And then there are all sorts of other side projects that, that happen uh, in it. I mean, you have Nouns, which, which is uh, a great fund, which uh, is generous and supports all sorts of causes. Um, in the future, there's going to be tons of people using, uh, using crypto kind of like uh, GoFundMe, I believe. And we're still we're seeing that start for funding uh, earthquakes in, uh, in Turkey or, or whatever else people are interested in funding. Uh, it's also a way to connect uh, with people from all over the world. So when you find a like interest, um, you can support things together. I mean, look at us now. I mean, we're all we're, we're scattered all over the place, and we're we're all brought together through uh, through this funny thing that uh, that Victala created. <laughs> it's great. I mean, it's it's funny just hearing you talk about this. There's just like a real passion that I can hear, and obviously, you know, it's not that. It's, there's a real passion and 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 so for me like i wonder like is do you have like a backstory in your personal life? like for me personally part of what makes me passionate is in my other business where betaworks was involved it's a company called genius which is a lyrics website and google was copying the lyrics from anyway it's a whole thing we sued them and it really made me nervous and not so fond of like big tech because they're going to come and just they're killers basically and they have to be and whatever it's fine but like that was kind of like my backstory that gave me some passion in terms of like no seriously it's good to have permissionlessness seriously like if they're going to come for you next those people at google do you have any kind of like because uh, i feel like for many people who are just like what do you mean i swipe my credit card i i use whatever big tech i love them you know like what, what do, you, do you have any kind of like personal you know just hearing your your passion it kind of made me want to ask this question I mean, you know, when you ask it, like, I, I don't know if I'd ever considered um, my uh, my background as as part of the reason why I'm so committed to it. But you know, you you see uh, travesties happen all over the world, right? Um, where people just get, uh, you know, the government rug pulls them. Something terrible happens, war here or there. Um, you don't have access to money. Their bank runs. You can't get any money. Like all those things are terrible. But if you, you know, look. You know, deep in my history, what might make a, um, a motivation, and I hadn't really thought about it before, but, uh, you know, my grandmother was a Holocaust survivor. She lost absolutely everything. Um, she was displaced out of her, um, out of her village. And, uh, you know, actually, she was late to the rendezvous point where the, uh, the Nazis uh, were supposedly going to be putting them all on the train. But uh, lateness runs in my family, and it always has. And uh, they spent an extra hour or so cleaning their house, knowing that they would never return to it. And when wow. they got to the rendezvous point, um, the Germans had machine gunned down everyone in the village, but they're out of bullets. So they put them on a train and they, uh, and, and, and they moved them on. And then also when you look at uh, you know, when my grandmother met her husband, he was in the Soviet army and he liberated her village in Poland at the end of World War II. And, uh, and he defected, never to speak to anyone in his family again. Because if you speak to uh, you know, everyone... It was a government job. If you speak to, to anyone who who's defected, you are in serious jeopardy of of uh, severe punishment yourself. Gulag, mm -hmm. losing your job, you know, whatever else. So, I mean, if you if you look back kind of through my history, yeah, there's there, there's some threads there that that can make me passionate about it. For sure. Wow. I mean, I think that's uh, that's such like a vivid uh, picture and telling. I mean, I think it's really like if you if you look at you know when you are in extremis, when people are in extremis, when there's really not like business as, as, as usual, like what true touch points, you know, what true like things can really, really bring that to, to life. Like there's, you know, um, uh, it, you do have to kind of think about, cause even with like something like COVID, which at the time, 
uh, when it first happened, I thought, oh my God, like this is the end of business as usual. And of course, crypto had its various things there, but like still like to really know when things are important, it might be 10, 50 years, you know, 60 years apart or whatever, but hundred years apart, but then, uh, you know, things can, um, yeah, it can really get to a not business as usual type situation to say the least. And then you kind of need to think, okay, what is going to be contributing to, um, you know, a potential, you know, way out or recovery. So yeah, that's, that's really interesting. I appreciate that. And, um, and yeah, I mean, what about you guys, Piv and, 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 and Dove, not to, uh, you know, place you in, and, you know, following that, uh, yeah. uh, sort of, um, way of, of, story. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. No, but just like, I, I've never asked is kind of what I'm saying. And it, it sort of yielded an interesting kind of introspection. And, and like, I, 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 cause for me, I'm always just like, God, like, it's like so animating to me. Cause like, if you've ever been in a lawsuit with a billion dollar company, like it's just, whew. So I, I, I should probably ask more questions. It's kind of like what, maybe I should be a more introspective and more question asking person. What's the question specifically? Question is, has anything in your personal life or remembrance or past kind of animated you with like, okay, why this Web3 stuff is good beyond just looking at like the facts of the matter and saying, well, because of the facts of the details of this Web3 thing, it's good. But like, I'm, you know, here's like a past thing. Like when, when, when I sued Google, like your version of suing Google. <laughs> yeah, what's my version of suing Google? Uh, that's a good question. I don't. I don't know that I have. I'm not. I'm not a very strongly uh, a Web three aligned person. Uh, to be to be totally totally frank, um, I don't have very much of a libertarian streak in me. I'm kind of the Norman you described, who's just like, yeah, I swipe my credit card and it works and it's great. Yeah, but you also know uh, the most about punks or whatever. <laughs> so how did that happen, buddy? <laughs> Dove is a complicated guy. I like I like being on the burgeoning. Uh, I, I like that. Let me try to phrase this in a way that makes sense, and I, I don't sound stupid. I noticed that there's a lot of people who really disliked crypto and NFTs, and I wanted to understand why they didn't like crypto and NFTs in a way that was not just because, oh, it's cringe, and the people who are into it are a weirdo tech guy. Like I wanted to understand. What is this thing that I am not supposed to like, or that I'm being told is cringe for being interested in? Um, so then I was like, okay, like let's learn about it. But then when you learn about it, you realize that it's it's really not that cringe. Uh, there are certainly some cr <laughs> there there is some cringe in the space. I can't you know I, I can't cover that up. There's there's some parts of the space that I I, really yeah, I would say it's like. more cringe than the critics think it is, but it's also better yeah. in other ways. Than... <laughs> yeah, especially as someone who is politically uh, uh, not I, I won't get specific like politics, but I'm not a libertarian, and um, you know so that that stuff kind of always makes me go like eh, okay like all right tech guys, but uh, but yeah I, I like being on the on the bleeding edge of things that aren't popular yet or like aren't accepted but don't really have a, a good reason to be so I, I just like being where the new stuff is happening and i feel like in contemporary art there's not a lot of like new thought but in web3 there's a lot of uh, nft you know nft artists uh, with air quotes who are pushing boundaries and doing really interesting things so this is where this is where the 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 weirdos are hanging out and i think you should always try to hang out with the weirdos 
So for me, it's not really a political thing. It's a cultural, it's a cultural thing. Yeah. People definitely are funny, which is something I've been interested in. It's, uh, <laughs> you know, I think being funny is the most funny. important thing. Yeah. Um, and I think people, NFT people are pretty funny. So, sorry. I don't want to hear from you, Pivot. I'm scrolling around after you said it, I just can't unsee it. Like, do you see how perfect this is? <laughs> You've got to remake this dude. Sorry. I'm, I know it sucks, but like, just come on. <laughs> like for oh, yeah. LACMA. I know. I uh, I talked to uh, I talked to Cosmo about making a um a new sculpture, like a perfectly clean one for uh, for LACMA, um, but it would be impossible in the timeline to get it to uh, to LACMA by the end of last year, which needed to be done for, for tax purposes to get the, the deal done. So kind like, of a, kind of again, a, the taxes, Pibs, right? The taxes uh, coming to play. A, a CryptoPunks market kind of thing. You have the V one, and you consider doing the V two. I mean, this to me is just like a <laughs> stunning. Okay, last question on this, and I want to hear from Piv because I'm just looking at this stunning image. You mentioned colors. I'm sorry, I have to ask. The smoke. The smoke famously is semi-transparent. So if you're using your iPhone test, it matters what the background is behind the smoke. Obviously, if it's the iconic blue background, you would have a blue smoke here, which you don't have. So is this a paradox? No, it's it's the blue background. I mean, it comes off as more white, just just in the photo. It's it's more off white um, in person, but it's it's very kind of nuanced. And the smoke was a little bit uh, out of these these colors was probably the most difficult to match. But uh, you know, yeah, I don't know. You're right. I mean, it it is semi transparent. I'd also considered using. Um, Using a uh, like a polymer, uh, which gets like a frosted uh, like a, a frosted effect when you machine it. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I decided to just stick with aluminum in this case. I think close enough. <laughs> I love it. I yeah. love it. All right, Piv, your your decentralization backstory. If because Piv's actually been doing this a lot longer than any of us. Um. Well, I think there is a story, but but it's it's very very trivial compared to to Mark's story. Um, when I was young, we had this this kind of they call it a savings book here. I, I don't know if you if you have something similar, but it's like a, a very small thing of saving, and your your grandma gives you a little money, and you put it on a bank. You write it you write it down. Mm -hmm. And so it was meant to, to save very, very, very small, very small amounts of money, but, but you do it for like 18 years from you're born till, till you're ready to marry. And I, I think it's something happened with, with the interests by the time I got older, but in the end, nothing was left. It, it all went to the bank to... Uh, to, to manage the, the the account and to so I, I remember that and and that's that's something that uh, that made me very uh, unhappy with banks. That's indeed. <laughs> that means so you all, all your long, long, young life, these little little amounts of money, and then there's nothing left. So it's very trivial, but I think this is the the basis of. Uh, being interested in Bitcoin, I, I think so. Yes. Yeah, I don't think that's trivial at all. I mean, it 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 just speaks to um, 
you know, the importance of, of, uh, of self-custody. And when someone else has your money, you know, whether it's account churning, I mean, that, that also happened to my grandmother who had, um, you know, a sizable amount of money, but the, the brokers just kept churning and churning and churning her, uh, uh, her accounts uh, to, to get commissions based on all the sales. And they, they bled her dry too. And that was the other grandmother. That's insane. I mean, so that, that, that's so a, yeah. If you can feel good that you don't have the most trivial story here, I will take the crown for most trivial reason for being into, into Web3. You just like being punk, man. Yeah, no, but you're also younger, Dub, not to young dox you. So you have plenty of time yeah, for bad things years, to happen. Years to you. Old, so <laughs> I do keep my, my you yeah, know, whatever. Youth docs. So, okay, let's now shift to the main topic of the uh, episode, which, as always, is ordinals. Back to ordinals, not the main topic. Oh, I'm just sort of playing again. on the controversy. We're doing ordinals again. And I say it only because I love controversy. I hate drama. I secretly love drama and I openly love controversy. I don't think it's so secret. <laughs> People are saying ordinals because they're on Bitcoin will last long. This is back to the, I'm, I'm tying it back. It will last longer because Bitcoin is the original one. Also, some people are confused by ordinals and fear them. Dove is not one of those people. He's young. He has a plastic mind. Piv and I, eh, what do you think of ordinals, Mark? Um, I mean, generally speaking, ordinals are fine. It's, it's nice that Bitcoin is being able to, to mimic um, you know, what Ethereum can do and has been doing. And that's fine. But that's a different question than, you know, what do you think about, you know, Bitcoin punks, whatever else, or where the value in that. An owner. Yeah, yeah. Careful oh, what yeah. you say. No, no. Dub is purely uh, cynically owning that. No, Dub, Dub thinks the ethos of the Bitcoin punk is the true. So I, I guess. No, 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 no. That's not. Yeah. True. What is, uh, um, yeah. What do you think of Bitcoin punks then? You've, you've uh, teased us a little bit there with that. It's, uh, you know, derivatives often go to zero. That's the yes. kind of what it is. Yeah. So uh, I, I would, if I owned a Bitcoin punk, I, I'd be looking at the market and seeing when the pump is. And as soon as it starts taking a negative downturn, I'd dump it. Because you can I, buy it lower if you want it back. I have done the same thing. I, I minted four on mint day. I was lucky enough to mint them. And I've sold three of them already. And the, and the fourth one is listed. But no one wants to buy it. Well, congratulations. So, thank you. Wait, yeah. so derivatives always go to zero and pay taxes? But yes, they probably go to zero That's more. So cool. This, more quickly. This image is is very epic. I, I like this a lot. Yeah. So um, that is uh, Fujio's CryptoPunk. He was in the the first batch of uh, of um, uh, commissions, and mm -hmm. so I went from my studio. I loaded uh, the the punk on a uh, on a wagon, and I, I rode it through town. I, I found a, a location that I liked. I placed it down and I just sat and I waited and I waited for a moment. And this is actually probably the favorite photograph that I've taken. And uh, I'll be releasing more of the, the photography uh, in, the, in the coming months. I've been building a collection yeah. for a half now. That's excellent. Uh, the way that the lighting hits it is, is really pleasant because you would think at, at first glance, you oh, it's Photoshopped. And then, and, whoa, shit, the lighting is just perfect. So it's not, it's real. And uh, this this nice. boy was uh, was down the block on his bike, and he just saw the CryptoPunk sticking out from around the corner, and he was curious. Mm -hmm. so, so he biked all the way up the block and uh, gave a slow turn in front of it. And as he turned back down to head head back to, uh, I guess, his, his mom and his sister, uh, he just reached out and gave it a gentle touch. 
And this is the moment that I captured, and I, 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 I just love it. I mean, to me, it embodies, you know, childhood curiosity. And he thought, is this a Fortnite? Yeah, is this, <laughs> is this Minecraft? Is this a V1? Also, shout out to it being, like, nice out. That's when I look at this photo. Another thing I take away, like, we live in a uh, dark winter right now. I don't know, depending on where you are, the LACMA's uh, better. But, yeah, I just think that's a beautiful um, – sorry, that's not where I wanted to go. Yeah, I'm in Pennsylvania. Beautiful. That was taken, I think, in the in the summer. Um, I remember being pretty hot. Or no, it was uh, it was getting closer to it was spring. It must have been spring because the boy's wearing a jacket. I was hot because I was toting around a giant sculpture that weighed like eight pounds and like yeah. pulling it to the city. Yeah, uh, just looking for a spot. It was also a great one. Although seeing it from this angle, I am again reminded about what you said about like the lining the pixels up perfectly and everything. So that new technique, overall execution in terms of your new standard, highest standard is the cigarette and the pipe. Is there anything else that we can look at that is at the highest standard of the contemporary mark? Yeah, if you um, go to the link in my bio, it goes to uh, Instagram. That, uh, that's a complete portfolio of, of all my work, but you also see a pair of 3D glasses. But I'm currently working on, uh, on four uh, Four commissions um, in this style of full yes. size. I will be countercultural and say that I like it when the blocks are misaligned. Oh my there god! No, and that's another totally Rubik's cube. No hipster. No. Okay, fine. It's no. fine. Rubik's cube. It's fine. No, I, I had the same thought. I mean, there's something about uh, when the raking light hits it, and uh, and you really can see kind of the materials mm -hmm. that I like. Um, so I'm not saying that I'm never going to go back to to that type of style, something maybe a little bit less perfect, less aligned. Uh, Do you know about um, an artist named Pro Rock who is making crypto punks out of concrete? Yeah, I do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's a good friend of mine. I, I like his too. They aren't um, they aren't perfect uh, pixel for pixel. I think there's something nice uh, when there's like a little bit of misalignment when you're bringing things from digital to physical. It's like you know, keeping a little bit of the, the physical, uh, uh, they would, in, ja in Japan, they would call this wabi-sabi, the perfection and the imperfection. This yeah. Is way better than Twitter. Sorry, I'm just loving your Instagram right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I like the work too. I was actually looking at it uh, maybe like a year ago, maybe when it was first starting. Mm -hmm. uh, and I was disappointed I didn't get the physical with it. So I'm, I think I'm, you, you should you should DM Pro Rock. Yeah, he'd probably probably make it happen. Yeah, he he will. I I, I can't speak for him, but I I'll speak for him and say he he would, <laughs> he would make that happen. By the way, right now on your Instagram, before you powder coat these, these are very similar to Piv's art, the default punks. Mm -hmm. No, no, the 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 next link down, the concrete punks. Yeah, these. Yeah, 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 yeah. These are sick. I want to pump these, pump my friend's stuff. Yeah, this is actually uh, Pro Rock, very talented. Right guy. up the uh, the alley, huh? Yeah. I don't know if I like the eight ball. I like the eight ball. I like the. Eight ball. But also, you mentioned default punks. Like, what about this? That, I didn't this even is realize what I was this. Yeah, oh, you were saying this. I was yeah, like, yeah, okay, yeah. this is good. The, the this is amazing. That aren't aren't powder coated yet. They look like Piv's uh, default punks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's actually uh, Snoop Dogg's crypto punk. Oh wow, nice. What is then how many share that 
silhouette because what you could do is you could sort of mass produce. This is actually, this one's free. You could mass produce because, uh, okay, here, let me show you uh, just to get into the game here for a second, whatever, this Caps 21 project. Okay, so you have the default punks, right? So you can go crypto punks with matching silhouette. So why don't we do like 400? Okay. Well, obviously that one. Let's do 300. Okay, let's do 200. This is exhausting. Let's do 100. Get some interesting. Okay, so suppose you wanted to, you know, make a lot of money, a ton of money really, really fast. If you look at this, you can see that if you make, if you start out with this shape in terms of the raw aluminum, then you can then make, um, you can then make 171 of this shape and then just color them differently and they'll all be different real punks. So this is a way of truly mass producing and, um, and of course, if you go completely crazy and do this one, this is 496 punks can be made with different colorings of this core aluminum uh, silhouette. So this is just, you know, capsule 21, default punk lore driven concepts for, uh, and I'm not saying you're necessarily trying to uh, create hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of these, but if you were and you wanted to do it with as little as possible variation in the form, this collection uh, could help you, <laughs> basically, yeah. the, the research embodied herein. So, I mean, so, I'm, yeah. not, I'm, I'm not sure if I could get away with selling a uh, hundred of these at, uh, at $15,000 a piece. <laughs> like like instantly so i'm i'm probably less into the uh the mass production side of things and more you color them though you color them differently no one would have to know they started from the same base like no, no one so so <laughs> like but even then basically how how my career has gone so far is i made the first one then i received commission so people are uh-huh. are basically wanting these as, as busts for themselves the the pieces that i made of my own accord were the individual attributes, um, which I think uh, those apply more broadly. So when you talk about making, you know, going off the base and then adding a cigarette and a mohawk, really that's only going to probably apply to like 15 punks or something, and or maybe more with those two attributes. So then uh, the question is, which one of those people is actually going to uh, to, to want it? So if you have like a pigtail, are you going to want that that one with a mohawk? So I'm probably less inclined to uh, to make them a sense, but I've already engineered all the cubes for for pretty much any any particular um, style that I need to make. I have 16 different patterns that I engineered, and then really it's just about uh, you know uh, doing the engineering sketch and uh, and ordering the right parts and, and then building it out. Interesting. So the, the, I, I'm the, saying, the, the doesn't seem so easy either. The what? The wild blonde hair. Yeah, I noticed that one of the pixels was diagonally attached. There's no lateral attachment. Yeah, it's um, so those those parts were welded um, prior to powder coating. You can't weld after powder coating after powder mm-hmm. coating something because you'll you'll scorch the finish. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there were there were some I think three individual pieces or four individual pieces that uh, that had had welds. Yeah, yeah, that's sick. And that was a learning process too. Um, you know, it, it it did not dawn on me that you lose material when you weld things together. So it fits more tightly and isn't isn't as nicely aligned as some of the other uh, the the other spots. So uh, 
you know, I, I'd be leaving more material the next time I, I need to do a, a weld job, a little bit more experimentation. So in terms of the, the sort of commission flow and the idea there, I guess I hadn't realized like people commission for their, so do you like do a token gate? Are you token gating now? Like, can I commission, uh, you know, can someone commission a punk they don't own? And if they sell the punk, they have to sell it. This is, you know, web two meets physicality kind of thing, web three. Um, if you wanted to commission a punk, I would probably track down the owner and then make sure that it's cool. And then they would probably invariably say yes. And, uh, and then we go ahead and make it. But I, uh, you know, I try to do things in a, in a respectful manner. So when I selected the orange side, that, that's what I did. I scoured the entire collection. I looked for the one that I, I, uh, I would consider a personal grail. And then I, I hunted down the owner and reached out and kind of let him know of what, uh, uh, what I was doing and, and asked permission if I could use the likeness of his uh, CryptoPunk. Mm -hmm. The last thing that you want to do is, um, you know, uh, upset anyone unnecessarily. Right. That's, yeah, I, I think, think, I think very that's well a, said. That's a good point. People get very caught up in like the, oh, it's, it's not actually copyright. Like the, the rights don't apply. But it's like, at the end of the day, like, it, I think it's more about, is this going to upset this person? And do I need to do that? Or can I just ask them a question and, and like figure it out? Yeah, even if you're going to upset someone, at least make sure it's necessary. <laughs> that's how I look at that. You know, why unnecessarily Middle March, uh, do you, it? Well, to Twitter, will you do a, a search for me? Sure. Do at dovetail with the zero and the two eyes. Now you're going to see my recent searches. Uh, yep. But then, but then afterwards, you have to put a, a search query in. So you have to you have to type out the. Yeah, I'm on your profile. No, okay, no, no, yes. No, no. So you're talking about from or whatever. Yeah, no, I know about from. It doesn't work that way on Twitter. You have to do at the thing. No, it works. Then... It works. Okay, just type I. No, the, 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 sorry, E-Y-E. <laughs> Uh-oh, I think we lost Mark. And then the, the painting. Yeah, I think and we And then the Mark. painting. Oh, wow, very nice. Can you guys still hear me? Yeah, I can still hear you. I think your video cut out, though. Yeah, I went to go get some water. Okay, no worries. But yeah, I think um, if I if I could have anything as a physical, I would want just the eye. I really enjoy just the four pixels of the of the punk eye. I think it's it's emblematic of the whole 10K. It's like it's only three colors, but it's so recognizable. Three colors, four pixels. You instantly know that's a CryptoPunk. The 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 next um, attributes that I'm actually looking at making are clown eyes. So oh, I nice. agree. I just I I think. Um, I think it would just be something fun to have in your house. Yeah. On a bookshelf. Something nice I, and small. It's, I have it, it's this painting up on my wall right now, and I think it's my favorite thing on my wall. Nice. I mean, they're instantly recognizable to anyone in the space, but mm -hmm. everyone's always going to have a question who, who, doesn't, who doesn't know, but then they'll recognize, and it's like a complete gateway conversation. Yeah. Conversation piece. What are the other attributes then, I guess? What would be the one that I, I guess the gold chain school, but yeah, this is the beauty of the, um, <laughs> okay. Three, three pixels as a sculpture. That's kind so of cool. yeah, if the weld does, uh, now that I know that <laughs> if anyone says, oh, the gold chain's an easy sculpture, I'll just say, listen, there's a whole podcast episode. I'm not going to get into it with you. Here's the link. Okay. So now we are coming to a point in the show and, um, you know, I could, I could, uh, do this podcast forever. Like this is amazing, uh, to me, but I want to be, 
respectful of the people who've been waiting for this, if there are people. So uh, we have this thing, Babylon, which is like our game world metaverse thing. That's what you're looking at here. And it is centered around this idea of being able to explore dungeons and uh, buy books. And the books are made of the pages that are the CryptoPunk attributes. So they're books, they're made of the pages, and Babylon is a very special library because it holds every single possible book, every single possible punk that could ever be made and still follows the, the rules. And so you can mint these things, and they are there's a theme, there's an exhibition, basically, every week. And we love it when the guest of the podcast can offer us some uh, advice on what would be best for people in terms of a an evocative you know exhibition that has like maybe a cute name or something like this i think the cowboy eye patch thing we've already done cowboy eye mask so i think this this particular one although i love it and i'm glad that we looked at it and downloaded the poster for the specific purpose of the theme this might not work but hearing you talk about the orange side which we haven't done a woman theme in a bit in a week um, but I don't know, like, how should we, how should we take this? Where, 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 where can we go with this? Like you are going to shape people's, you know, they're going to get to mint. And by the way, just so we're clear on the whole like thing with the permission thing, like no one's allowed to mint the original punks, right? Like this is just new ones that are possible. So where can we, where can we take this? This doesn't have to be your grail. It can be like, where, what might people be interested in or what might people not be interested in? And then they start like, Ooh, I'm actually really interested in that. I'm not sure if I really follow the the question. And um, we talk about making, making the real punks. I mean, this was obviously all uh, originally Larva Labs. Uh, it was like kind of an open, um, an open license to make whatever you want underneath a hundred thousand dollars per year. So really what they didn't want, like, and all they really cared about was people uh, uh, trying to license with like Nike and make shirts, like mm -hmm. millions and millions of shirts or Puma or, or whatever. And I feel like that was their major concern because they wanted to have uh, uh, hold over the, the general IP, but they're happy for, for artists to, to do what artists do. Um, so the, the question is, so, you want to so try to... Well, no, sorry, I, I explain, sorry, really, real quick, just let me, let me ask this question. I, I explained this terribly and, and Dove can maybe help, but just now you said yeah. something that's really interesting to me about like the 100K thing. As you understand it, there's a current thing that Yuga did. Does, does the current thing, as you understand it, I don't really know, because you mentioned the Nike thing. Can oh, wow. you currently, as a punk holder, go to Nike and say, let's produce 10 million shirts with this punk on it and I'm going to make a ton of money? Is that allowable under that license? That's an interesting hypothetical. I don't know. So I'm not I'm not completely up to speed on on all the details of the, of the licensing, but from my recollection is um, they released a statement that CryptoPunk owners will have the same all the same rights that uh, um, Board Apes do. So essentially, the answer to that question is yes. However, I'm not sure if the official language has been prepared by their attorneys yet. Um, so the official policy might not be out there, but I, I do believe they maybe Noah tweeted about it. Interesting. Interesting. Okay, yeah, um, so Dub, why don't you explain what I was yeah, terrible so, at doing? I more succinctly explain the question that we're asking. We built this tool that allows you to see all 30 million possible CryptoPunks. So there's only 10K, right? But if you follow the exact same rules for trait combinations that Matt and John came up with, uh, if you extrapolated that, there's like 31 million that are possible with every type of combination. Like, you know, there's no such thing as rarity. It's like you can have anything. So we built this website that allows you to look at those. And every week, 
we allow people to mint from them. So it's all 30 million possible minus the 10K that exist in the original collection. Those ones are like off limits, can't, can't touch those. What we like to do is have people decide, you know, this week, we're only going to allow you to mint um, a hoodie with nerd glasses and a frown. And then it can be any punk that has those three traits in combination with other stuff also. So it can be any skin tone with a cigarette, with a vape, with an earring, you know, like whatever, this kind of thing. So it would be cool for you to choose what basic like grouping of traits should people be able to mint from. You maybe want to say this week people can mint uh, orange side classic shades. And then you'll see, you'll see a bunch of these Babylon books being minted that have orange side and so classic. we're gonna go with we're gonna go with orange side rosy cheeks, orange side rosy cheeks. Yeah, it's a good combo. I like rosy cheeks are underrated. People don't really talk about them very often. Very cool. Speaking of orange side, by the way, it, during this conversation, my Bitcoin punk, my fourth one, sold. Hey. How much? How much? Uh, three ETH. Oh my god. For the for the Tiara earring gold chain. Kind if of a grail. Only I had minted that. Kind of a grail, but happy to let it go because I'd rather have three ETH than uh than a Bitcoin punk. My conviction so and derivative. Bitter. I hate you bad. now. I hate you, I hate you, I hate you. <laughs> Seething. So this is the uh so what do you think about this? Is this a good a good rep representation this is like in image form kind of the uh you could narrow it down further like you could say like oh no cigarettes or something i guess no you would not say no cigarettes though because of the sculpture so maybe this is good no clown nose no clown nope, nose no all clown right nose. let's let's do it uh no clown nose okay now we're talking now let's get the poster here no VR. There we go. Sorry. No, v no VR. No, I, I no guess v it's possible anyway. Oh no, it's not. It's uh. Yeah, let's do no VR. I mean, that's actually a little bit tricky in our system, but can be done. Ah, uh, yeah, you're choosing choosing everything except VR as a possibility. Don't forget to choose none. Also, by the way. Oh, is like my issue. Eye patch. So yeah, but anyway, if you if you haven't seen this before, this is our our very cool uh, custom built like UI just to browse every possible punk that could ever exist, and you have like a lot of these like, expansion. Well, no hate to uh, Posvar slash Jeremy's expansion punks. He did a very good job with those, but a lot of people make these kind of like punk makers, and they allow all these really wacky trait combos that don't look right. They don't look like canonical. Um, and we're kind of proud of uh, getting like a statistical, accurate way of, of exactly what Matt and John would have would have had. Yeah, like the smile on uh, size of, uh, of a femme punk doesn't look right. Right. So yeah, we don't allow uh, a female punk to smile in our in our thing. So these are like can canonical rules. Uh, yeah. We don't allow a female punk to smile. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we didn't yeah. choose the rules. It was not the rules I would have chosen if Matt, I were. Uh, we can blame Matt and John for not allowing sure. women to be happy. This is welding goggles and nerd glasses are kind of similar. 
a little bit. I let orange side welding goggles is one of my favorite trait combos. Yeah, that's sweet. Okay, so now we have our new poster. Okay, how about this? Does this look like good punks? Be happy to own any one of them. Hell yeah. Okay, cool. This is, excuse me, this is great. And, um, all right. Well, yeah, we will we will update the the rules and do all the stuff. And, um, and yeah, this is a great suggestion. This is a really this is our first orange side uh, theme, and um, and no VR. I think is a is a fascinating touch. Like people out there, oh, I love VR. It's the meme trait. It's like, well, can't have it. Okay, sorry. Maybe in the future things will change, but for now, uh, no, no thanks. So um, okay, so this is this is amazing. I mean, now we're Let's just check Twitch real quick. Let's see who's out there. Uh, okay, we got Bonner. Ah, oh, love this guy. Uh, Yo, okay, Bonner. Bonner says CryptoPunks have more clearly defined rights. Where am I selling the? I don't understand the question. Your your punk. Oh, my Bitcoin punk. Yes. Um, I've sold them on Emblem Vault, so I sold them on Ethereum. <laughs> we got some great questions in here. I haven't been looking at any of this stuff. Okay, we got Bonner. We got Bonner. But, I'm not, uh, but I don't don't LOL at me because I'm out and I made a profit, and therefore I'm I'm the smartest guy in the room. <laughs> no, Dove's amazing. I remember Dove was basically telling me, "You got to buy some of these," and I was like, "Get away from me!" Like I don't know if I said that, but I just fear I fear the unknown. Who else? Who else? Who else? Who else? Who else? Uh, oh yeah, post fire in the chat. For a while ago, mail it to me for my mole. That would be a good trait, by the way. You ever um, think about that, Mark? Just the mole. We already did this. We we had this conversation earlier. We did. Wait, we had this conversation. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, about first rule of public speaking: you gotta say it. cube. <laughs> oh, you literally! Oh, right, the the mole. Wow! Imagine what it's like to be me. If you think that's funny, like I just like what's going on? Okay, uh, I literally have them all with me. Um, okay, cool. All right. Well, I think we're in good shape. What 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 am I missing, Piv? What am I missing, Dove? I really could do this forever, but like, what is the main core of what I'm missing? Um, Mark, do you want to plug anything? Do you have anywhere that you're going to be or things that you're trying to sell or, or social media profiles to, to follow if you want to give them a shout out? Yeah, um, Twitter at GMI underscore studio. And uh, on Instagram is my portfolio and kind of uh, process. That's Mark Griefy. Um, that, that link's also on my, uh, my bio on Twitter to, to help you get there. But it, it uh, goes all the way back to the beginning of when I decided to... Uh, I decided to cast aluminum cubes, which uh, was too imprecise, actually, as it were. So then I ended up going to extrusion, but it goes all the way back to the beginning where I was making the molds mm -hmm. to at the factory to, uh, you know, make engineering sketches of the first one. There's just a lot of process on there. And if anyone ever has any questions, you know, my DMs are always open. I'm always happy to chat about anything. Awesome. Love it. Love it. And check out the gram is what I would say, because I was like scouring the Twitter 
because I'm like a, you know, Web3 is Twitter based, I guess, but like really the gram, I would, I would say Mark Graffy on, on, on you Instagram, lot, you can see the full story. Like, look at this, like, process on Instagram. like, look at this, <laughs> like that's the magic hour right there. If yeah. I'm not mistaken, I have a certain eye for this kind of thing. And I'd say that's the magic hour. Piv? Um, you told me that your first NFT was were Mooncats, and you also oh, you've also made. I forgot about Mooncats. this. Go, yeah. Oh yeah. Is it is it somewhere? Um, it's, uh, it? No, it's uh, it's still in a box, <laughs> so it's not not yet been made. But okay. uh, yeah, yeah. I've um, on my agenda is so like like part of my my Web three journey was like really when I knew that I, I wanted to be in was like all that hysteria around Mooncats when they rediscovered and. Uh, and it was a really exciting day for me. And, and that was the first day I was scrambling around to try to get Ethereum. Um, so for me, that kind of like uh, that day, um, I'd say is like the, my first day in ETH, or first real day in crypto. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I've always looked at them kind of fondly. So I am, I am planning on making a Mooncat. I have all the powder coated pieces finished here in my awesome. studio. I just need to, um, to clear my plate and get the, uh, the commissions out first. And, uh, and then after that, I'll be making the Mooncat with the, the ultimate goal of donating it to my local uh, pediatrics hospital. Because as, as you wheel these things around in town, like kids are just naturally drawn to them. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. they, they, they just love them. Everyone thinks first Minecraft and maybe they'll figure it out later. It doesn't so much matter, but, but they get happy when they see it. And so I think oh. be, um, like uh, both my kids were born in this hospital. Uh, my son, uh, when he was born, had, uh, had to go straight to the NICU and get surgery, and they, they took great care of him, and he's got no, no complications, going to live a perfectly normal life. But uh, it's, it's a nice way to, uh, to kind of pay back um, to the hospital and then also give the kids a bright spot to, uh, to look at when they have to go. Mm -hmm. Great. That's, that's, that's exciting. That's, and the Mooncat accessories, are you going to be making those parts of the... Uh... I'm not a, not a huge fan of the accessories, actually. I mean, it's cool to dress them up, um, and like I, I like that whole shtick. Uh, but to have have them as as a, the main display when you're looking through through the collection, I think uh, um, maybe it was a misstep. It, it muddied things. It would have been nice to toggle them on to see what what people were into, but I think it uh, made, made it tough for Mooncats to survive or succeed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, I hear that. I love the concept of uh, accessorizing, and then it's like. People are, oh, that idea sounds similar to Mooncat accessories. And then that's how you know you're like onto something bad, basically. Like no one <laughs> likes the Mooncat one. So stay away from stay away from that. Um okay, yeah, awesome. I mean that that's a great story. I I I don't own a Mooncat. I own a crypto kitty. Um, but maybe you can own both. I'm not sure if my wallet is compatible with owning both. I will read up on that. Does MetaMask support uh, both? But now, okay, so we're, this is great. Fantastic. Before we go, Dovetail, would you please uh, summarize this episode for the opening card uh, on the podcast? In this episode, we talked to sculpturist Mark. Sorry, let me retake this. Yeah, I keep going. I, I Unlimited takes. Name and I was like, I don't want to. It's Grafie. Grafie. Yeah, in this great. episode, we talked to sculpturist Mark Grafey. Sorry, sorry, Dub. You, you, you started too close to the end of the previous word. Now start. We discussed CryptoPunks, CryptoPunk attributes. We discussed Bitcoin punks, ordinals. We discussed time as a concept in general. <laughs> Longevity of, of blockchain and of sculptures. And uh, we had a, a very nice time. 
that's that's the that's the wrap up. Quick set, quick quick soundbite, Mark. Like just quick, like sign off. Just quick, like boom for the beginning. Like, and that's and there you you know. I don't know. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> just say anything. Just say anything for the opening card. I'll edit it. I'll fix it in post. Don't worry. No pressure. <laughs> if you're gonna fix it in post, maybe I'll think about it and get you something good. But uh, you know, just yeah, my name is Mark Rafey, and I love Web three, and this is this is what I'm doing, and I hope you guys enjoy it. That was amazing. Perfect. Are you Natural. kidding me? One take. Now we really have to. I I, I made that up to ask you because uh, we haven't done that in the past. The one time we did this, but now I think that's amazing to get like the. That's amazing. That's a great stage setting to hear it from kind of you. Like, uh, I think maybe I'm the only one who's young enough to remember this, but it used to be like, this is Disney Channel, and I'm, you know, whatever, whatever, and I'm Selena Gomez. They used, and then draw the thing. You know, everyone wants a drop. Like, uh, you know, that was what we would Disney always... Um... And you're watching Camp Laszlo. Yeah, 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 yeah. The Capsule 21 <laughs> podcast. Okay, cool. Uh... Fantastic. Any final memes here? Because uh, we can, we can show. Let's finally look at, at, Twi at, at Twitch. I'm just going to say uh, thank you all. Uh, well, parting well, shots. My, my parting shot is that hopefully one day we can get some, some Capsule 21 art in, in a Mark Grafey sculpture. I think that would, that would be really cool. Yeah. Have some more experimental non-canon punk stuff. Wow. Wow. Okay. That's, that's a good. All right. It's episode, all right, I'm going to say, it's episode 27. By episode 127, we're going to have you back. On 127, we're going to see. Okay, that's our rule with guests. Every 100 episodes, we have to have them. Anyway, we'll see. We'll, we, we would love to be a part of anything you're, you're doing in the future. This was a great honor and just a lot of fun. And so um, thank you for, for joining us, Mark. This has been the Capsule 21 podcast on Middle March. My co-hosts are Piv and Dovetail. Our guest has been the amazing Mark Rafey. And if you're watching this, you're next. Peace.